0: In this town, there is no offseason. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. We're getting ready for that very first preseason game of the year against Jacksonville, and some news moving and shaking as far as the NFL is concerned because the owners gathered in Minnesota. Uh, to approve the new ownership group in Denver, but that didn't stop news about Deshaun Watson. It is always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to the podcast. My name is Andy Baskin. His name is Daryl Ryder. Daryl, um, you know, we got a little bit of news because we did hear from Roger Goodell in Minneapolis. Um, Your thoughts on that and, and a chance to listen in on what the commissioner had to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly the the commissioner delivering a, a very succinct message uh, as to why the NFL is looking for such a significant suspension uh, following the appeal of Sewell Robinson ruling uh, six games for Deshaun Watson. And then, of course, uh, prohibiting him from seeking any type of a massage therapy outside of the control uh, and supervision Uh, of the Cleveland Browns Uh, if you want I can fire up uh, what the commission had to say in Minneapolis here and uh, and then we can kind of react to that
0: here we go here's what he had to say Uh, because we've seen the evidence she was very clear about the evidence Uh, she reinforced the evidence uh, that there was uh, multiple violations here and they were egregious and it was predatory behavior that's those are things that we felt um, we always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible. Okay. I have yeah. a couple thoughts. First of all, where's that audio from just to make sure we courtesy it. Uh,
1: I believe that is uh, courtesy of the fine folks at uh, NFL network is uh, they were uh, gathered with a bunch of reporters up in Minneapolis. Okay. So Daryl, um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first on this? Cause I, I mean, I well, you go on. right ahead. I've got well, plenty l- to say when you're done.
0: Okay. So let me start here. And and uh, these are the issues I have with Roger Goodell on this first of all i I don't disagree with the the motives behind what they're saying. what I don't understand is why is Roger Goodell wasting our time by all he had to do was appeal that's what they did c b a says he can take care of it after that yet for some reason he decided to defer um and he decided to let um to let a former Uh, district or not former uh, attorney general of New Jersey handle the case. And so I'm just a little, a a little confused on why the commissioner, if he wants him to be suspended for at least the next season with an indefinite suspension, why he didn't do it himself. So I'm, I'm really questioning that. And I also think that Roger Goodell has to say what he's been saying. And I believe that because he's passed it off to someone else because he had the option to just do the action. So I, it, to me, it's, this is dog and pony to me. Like it's a show, it's a PR show. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. He doesn't, you doesn't have to do that. His job as commissioner, the CBA allows him to, to put the penalty down and he didn't do that. So it's disappointing that he talks this really, really harsh line and had the, the the option to do the um, the suspension and didn't do it. So that's one issue I have. Um, the other thing is he every he quoted everything from the uh, decision from Sue L. Robinson, yet didn't say Sue L. Robinson said six games. So you want to listen to her talk about egregious. You want to listen to her talk about um, predatory. You want to bring those things out, yet she also said six games. So I just—I think the problem I have with this whole thing is there's just no reason to be here because the CBA laid it out, the commissioner could have laid the hammer down, and we all could move forward. And if he wants it to be an indefinite suspension, boom, it's over. So I'm a little irritated with the commissioner. I don't like that it's a game. It's totally a PR game for them right now. And I just I don't agree with it because it's just prolonging it. And to me, I got to be honest, it makes the commissioner seem weak because if he was a strong commissioner, he would have just laid down the the suspension and this would be over. So he wants what he wants, but he wants someone else to do his dirty work for him. They pay him a lot of money. He should have just done
1: it. 100 percent agree with you. The reason why he's hiding behind this is, number one, so that he can pass the buck. When the NFLPA goes up in arms uh, about whatever discipline does get handed down, he can say, "Hey, I had a formal federal judge and I had a former state attorney general handle this whole matter. So I was not the judge, jury, and executioner at, uh, like I was under the previous CBA that you guys did not like. I passed this off. They came, the, This was done within the process of the collective bargaining agreement, and so." Those people with their legal ex- expertise and background reviewed all the facts of the case. And ultimately they decided, or at least uh, Harvey here, Peter Harvey decided to uh, fall on the side of the national football league in the commissioner's office and drop the heavy suspension. My contention with all this, Andy, and I, I think it was interesting. The NFL and, and this is what I think fans need to understand about this situation. The NFL does not view this as one violation. Mm-hmm. Now, Suell Robinson put in the report that he's a first-time offender. But that's not how the NFL views this. They view him as a multiple offender. That's why the commissioner broke out the word predatory, which is a word that was used by Sewell Robinson in her report as well. They feel that Deshaun Watson preyed on these uh, therapists and used his position as an NFL star quarterback to solicit a professional service with the intention to have a sexual purpose, which is a major, major problem. That's what fans have to understand here. This goes beyond just Deshaun Watson was trying to hook up with some girls on Tinder or Bumble or some dating site, eHarmony or whatever. Okay, he yeah, was, was using his stature within the National Football League to solicit these women for a professional service, and then attempted to turn it into a sexual encounter.
0: You're and saying, that- and, and, and and essentially, and this is the, and th- this is the irrit- This is this is where I can understand where the commissioner would be upset. Okay, one, he was using the shield, correct, to to do what he was doing. That's what you just explained. Two. It sounds to me like where the commissioner, you know, and this was said to us um, from Mike Florio that Deshaun lied to the commissioner. That's how the commissioner feels. So that's not a good thing for Deshaun. If he believes the commissioner lied to him, again. um,
1: Or or Deshaun lied to the commissioner. Yeah, Deshaun lied to the
0: commissioner. Sorry if I came out wrong. Uh, You know, it's like um, Florio brought up other examples of people who would have been in trouble, but they were completely 100% honest. And they came clean with the commissioner, and the penalty wasn't there. Was a penalty, but and it wasn't also, as bad,
1: right? And there's also a complete lack of contrition of any kind from Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah, that doesn't uh, help any either. She, yeah, so
1: because again, this was not a legal process, so Deshaun could have privately been a hundred percent forthright. He could have been contrite in private, and it would have stayed private. The only stuff that has become public about this process. Has basically been timetables and what each side was looking for, right? Right, right. That's the only stuff that's become public. None of Deshaun's testimony to the commit to uh Sue L. Robinson has become uh public, right? True, no, no transcripts from any of that. No transcripts the, from they could get the in big trouble users. for that, couldn't they? I, yes, yeah, yeah I but,
0: they, they would get in huge trouble for that. But
1: there's a reason I'm mentioning all this stuff is okay. because Deshaun could have fallen on the sword and said, Hey. Uh, I'm maintaining my innocence. I don't feel like I did anything inappropriate or wrong. However, I am sorry that this situation occurred. I am sorry that my actions endangered the Houston Texans. That was never my intent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and, and Absolutely. since he has, and again, he's entitled to a presumption of innocence uh, in the in uh, from a legal standpoint, as well as the court of public opinion. But behind closed doors, he could have done the fall on the sword thing and kind of pled for mercy, and none of that would have come out. And
0: that's also also the third reason why I think the commissioner really still wants to stay strong up against Deshaun. If you read Charles Robinson's article, basically after Sue Robinson's report came out, and if you remember, there was a couple days before her report came out that there was talk about a settlement that both sides were going to settle and it was going to be a 10 game suspension right. and, and a stiff fine. And it, that was probably the only time the league had kind of backed off a little bit. And, yeah, and I'm said, pretty okay, sure that's, that will do
1: and rescinded.
0: Oh, I'm sure it has. I'm sure it has. And so and I and he didn't me. take advantage of that when he probably had the opportunity to, so this is going to extend it.
1: Right. And, and Brown's fans, just so you know, this could have been a lot worse. Whatever he gets could be worse. Okay. I came up with a formula where the NFL would be well within their rights to request and demand a 24-game suspension under what the commissioner said about how the league views these violations, okay? So he violated the conduct policy in three ways. Sexual assault is defined by the National Football League, endangering another human being, compromising the integrity of the shield. That's what Sue Robinson found. Now, the league presented four cases in which uh, the therapist accused him of this sexual misconduct, impropriety, however you would like to describe what he was accused of. And so here's how I got to 24 games because here's how this averages out two games per kind of policy violation. That Hmm. gets you to six games per. per instance or violation, right? Well, the league contested in front of Sue L. Robinson. He did it at least four times. Six times four equals 24. So the NFL, really, if they wanted to absolutely stick it to Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, and this, I think, part of the reason why they originally asked for the indefinite suspension with a minimum of a year. And now it seems like they're willing to settle. And I use the term settle loosely. The league seems content to settle, to just get the 17 games and postseason this year uh, out of this is because of that formula that I just kind of threw out there. Um, again, they view it multiple instances in conjunction with, with three separate ways that he violated the conduct policy. And also they're assuming that while they proved the four instances to Sue L. Robinson, which she documented in her report that she was satisfied that the league met the burden of proof required uh, for Deshaun to be found in violation for each one of those uh, policies. Or uh, tentacles of the policy, if you will, um, that there's more than just those four as well, right? Because remember, 25 lawsuits filed, one settled because the judge required the plaintiffs to use their names in the filings. 23 of the cases have been settled. One case is still pending. The Houston Texans had to settle 30 cases uh, as they were accused of enabling, for lack of a better phraseology, there or word, uh, Watson's alleged behavior here. So, um, I think it's going to be anywhere from 12 to a full year for Deshaun Watson once this ruling uh, comes down. But that is why you're seeing the commissioner take such a hard stance. They want to make sure nothing like this ever happens again. Because in the, the, the NFL world, it's now a corporate world. The sport of professional football, and the way employees and coaches and people behind the scenes conduct themselves today, I can tell you, drastically different than the stuff I used to hear on the practice field 20 years ago. Okay, for sure. For sure. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> you know, yeah. Language is no longer used and allowed, and you know phrases and things like that. Like coaches have kind of had to clean up the way they present themselves, if you will, verbally uh, to players. Right. Um, right. So. It is a very corporate environment these days, and with a corporate environment and the inclusive environment that the NFL has uh, tried to foster over the last 10, 15, 20 years, well, uh, the the tolerance level for this type of behavior just isn't there, right? Uh, Absolutely. You know, sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, uh, verbal harassment. You know what I'm saying? like just it is a corporate environment in the National Football League and let's be honest about it Andy if an employee which Deshaun Watson is an employee right that's how you have to look at this the this is
0: yeah it's a handbook violation yep this,
1: this you know and and fans want to minimize that I've seen that on Twitter in response to some of my tweets oh this is just a handbook violation why are they well no it out is
0: I mean it, when you look at it the three on the three prongs that I right. talk about about civil criminal and but essentially what is a handbook violation it but, is a handbook violation
1: correct but in any other corporate environment what happens is that you're fired
0: yep you're right, right.
1: You're, you are you're you're fired
0: um except maybe in the case where you're in a collective bargaining agreement that's about the only place where you wouldn't be because you probably would have the union to defend you like not you know this is which
1: which is this is one of those now. theories
0: where like i i've heard a lot of union bashing in my life this is a place where you would want the union on your side and this is one of those. Positive, I'm saying for anyone who's in a union, this is one of those positive re- reasons why you're in a union because they've got your back. There's no way you can handle any of this on your own. And, no and that's
1: what the NFLPA yeah. has been doing on behalf. And if they don't like the the uh, what, what happens with uh, Harvey's ultimate ruling, guess what the NFLPA then will do? They will try and go to federal court. I don't know how successful they're going to be. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what their legal standing would be to do that. I, I don't think that the what about them in relation to like owner behavior and that and standards, I don't know that that's going to fly in a federal court. Maybe it will. Um, that'll be up for the, the lawyers to decide. But to your point, Andy, yeah, the that the NFLPA has been vigorously defending one of their employee members, Deshaun Watson, in line with the CBA, which is why they were willing to accept that six-game suspension because they agreed with Sewell Robinson that the discipline Uh, fit within the boundaries of precedent.
0: So, Daryl, I'm going to, and I know normally we don't go this long, but we're going to go a little bit longer here because I want to throw something at you that this is podcast-only stuff. This is not stuff you'll hear on the air. And I I bring this up because I just want to hear your thoughts on this, okay? So, and just getting into stories about the whole situation, there is a, a gentleman who's been a friend of the show for a long time, our midday show, right? And he's, we've talked left and right, and you know, we've communicated through social media and even through texting. And when he heard that Peter Harvey was taking over, I heard from him right away. And he said, and I want you to listen and hear me out on this too. And this is another reason why when I talk about the commissioner handing this off to someone else, there's a chance the commissioner may not get what he wants because he is, regardless if you think Peter Harvey is a yes man or whatever. There is a chance that he might not, he might rule in a different direction than the commissioner. I'm not saying it's a huge chance, but it's out there. So, this was the conversation I had with him. And this, he was a, um, the friend of the show, it was a, uh, close friend of Peter Harvey, Peter C. Harvey. And they went to law school together. His words were this. He's incredibly brilliant and exceedingly fair. Peter will do uh, all he can to, to, he said that he thought Peter would concur with Judge Robinson. He respects the precedent and the due process. Um, The NFL PR machine can now blame Judge Robinson and Peter while they're saying they really wanted to slam Deshaun. And this is part of my theory too. Um, He thought that he probably isn't going to do the, full man, and that Peter likely would fine him and impose a mandatory uh, mandatory counseling based on what's going on. And that, um, just to kind of sum it up, he said, if Peter gives a season-long suspension, he would be eradicating the very policy that he helped draft and implement. It's just a different perspective than I've heard. And I thought it was interesting. And it also goes back to the thought that because the commissioner handed it off, the commissioner may not get everything that he wants, and
1: maybe he doesn't. In some ways, it's a possibility, and that's why I presented the mathematical formula to you to justify sure. the 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 long suspension because the NFL views it not as one violation; they feel that they presented four separate instances in which. Deshaun Watson violated the policy three different ways, so and that's the that's the reason for their appeal. Twelve to try yep. to get more based on that. Twelve violations in total times two games per violation, you get twenty four. And they're not asking specifically for twenty four. They were asking for one year minimum of an indefinite suspension, basically. They don't, they didn't want, they don't want him to play this year. They want him to go through, like you were talking about treatment or counseling or whatever. Uh, and uh, my understanding is that uh, that is not something that Watson has shown a lot of interest in. Um, and uh, that's why I, I think that the furthest Sue L. Robinson was willing to step outside of the collective bargaining agreement is when she laid out that part where she, all massages had to be coordinated and uh, supervised by the Cleveland Browns. Um, so that th- that's just, I-, I think, where we are at. And just, hear you. It, it's yeah. it's a waiting game. And uh, just like I kept saying with Sewell Robinson's ruling, well, Peter Harvey's not on anyone's time but his own, and he will let us know what he decides when he is darn good and ready to do so.
0: The latest from training camp that's coming up next on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We'll talk about the injury bug, too, because it hasn't been helpful. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Back after this.